The interviews and discussions in this podcast are opinions only and not financial or investment advice. Listeners should obtain independent advice based on their own circumstances before making any financial decisions. This episode of the Stock Insiders podcast with me, Oriel Morrison, is sponsored by Barclay Pierce Capital, a leading Australian corporate advisory and equities trading firm. Focused on your vision, Barclay Pierce specialises in making it a successful reality. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stock Insiders podcast with me, Oriel Morrison. Now, there's a big focus on drones at the moment for numerous reasons. A lot of that is because of the innovation that we're seeing in that space right now and the speed of that innovation. Now, today, we're lucky enough to be delving into a company which is focused on developing reliable connectivity right around the world, but specifically when it comes to drones delivering that beyond visual line of sight solutions. Now, our site is listed in Australia. The ASX code is ELS, market cap close to 50 million Australian dollars at the time of recording. I'm joined now by the CEO of Elsine, uh, Yoav Amitai. Yoav, it's so good to have you back with us. Welcome. Hi, Aurel. Thank you for having me again. Nice to be here. Now, last time we spoke, I spoke to you from Israel, but you're not in Israel today. You're in the US. You're correct. I'm currently talking with you from Orlando, Florida, where there is the one of the industry biggest conferences called Exponential AUVSI, which is pretty big uh, conference, and all the industry, literally all all the industries here for uh, four or five days of both conference and show and trade and great great event. Oh, you know that sounds really exciting. What I remember from my childhood and being in Orlando, Florida, was Disney World, but um, <laughs> I'm sure you probably don't have time for that. <laughs> no, not really. Not really. <laughs> so what I, while I was excited by the teacups ride, um, what's exciting you at the conference? I mean, just to be at the forefront of, of companies and, and, and uh, you know, innovation uh, there, what, what's, what's the most exciting thing that you've seen or heard at the conference so far? So first and foremost, I would say that being in a face-to-face conference is very nice to see all the partners, you know, after two and a half years of being uh, behind Zoom and other video conferences uh, screens, um, see everyone in person. It's uh, extremely uh, refreshing and and very, very nice and also accelerating some processes that took a long time and now it's a good time to to expedite them. Uh, But going back to your question about what is really exciting, I would say that we are here in this conference for the four year in a, in a row. Two of them was uh, hybrid and online, and before that it was also in person. But what we're seeing here this this year that we we didn't saw um, previously is that first of all, the industry has become bigger and bigger. Um, you know, it's a it's a nascent industry that are still evolving. Didn't get anyone anywhere closer to the full potential of this technology and how it can change the, our day to day life basically on Earth. Um, so see all the big companies that usually didn't came to this, uh, to this, this, those events because they try to develop themselves an A to Z fully integrated solution. Now started to collaborate with the industry, with the small medium companies that have such an amazing technology here. And also I would say that looking on this ecosystem as a, as a general, like I said at the beginning, most of the most of the industry is here in this conference this week, and you see how much people are here to to collaborate and to work together because pretty much everyone understands that we are here on a mission to to make kind of a market education. I will call it worldwide that 
how great is this technology of unmanned in general, by the way, not only drones, but also ground, re- ground robotics, vehicles, autonomous, et cetera, et cetera, how great, how great it is and how it's going to change the world, literally change the world. We can talk about that as well and how. Uh, but it's extremely exciting. That's the big question, isn't it? And not just not just how it's going to change the world, but when is it going to change change the world? I mean, you know, from from your position, uh, Yoav, and you're you're right in the smack bang of uh, uh, in the middle of of this this kind of uh, information. Uh, it, it is. I mean, there's there's some very obvious ways that it is going to change the world, but when? Will that happen? There are a couple of factors here. Like I said, first, it's a regulated market. So once the regulator will start to tear all the bottlenecks that is created by the regulation, that will start to accelerate. Even though I would say that currently we see companies that literally starting to deploy uh, production uh, production projects that not waiting for the regulators. They just fa- found some, I wouldn't call it a workaround, but way to work with the regulators and to not stop them from deploying their project. And we can talk about some of those. So it is happening um, when it will be like heavily deployed and we'll see it everywhere. Um, I, th- I think it will take another two two years or so. Um, but like I said before, I mean, it's, it's part of this revolution or evo- a revolution, not even an evolution. So I always compare it to what happened when the internet started to migrate from so let's talk a little bit of history, not a long time history, but the internet started to migrate from the US defense to more of a commercial enterprise and then private internet uh, somewhere in the 90s, right? Um, and it took some time, but 10 years later in the dot-com boom that people start to understand the potential of this infrastructure, which is um, virtual infrastructure. Um, so then it started to accelerate and Overnight, literally overnight, you started to see uh, how it's exploding. I always compare it because for me or for uh, as I see it, basically what happened with the Internet as a virtual infrastructure, this is what currently happened with the unmanned infrastructure. So if on the Internet it was more of a virtual, you know, we can do this call right now. You're um, in Australia. I'm on the other side of the world in, in the Orlando, Florida right now, and we can do this call. It looks extremely obvious for us, right? Um, so this is what happened currently with the unmanned industry. So we are we didn't uh, yet to see this overnight explosion, but it's another um, it's another kind of technology that started in the defense military application, different kind of application, then started to migrate more into the enterprise um, and private uh, um, markets, and this is what we're currently seeing today. So for me. The unmanned, again, I'm talking about unmanned, not only drones, but the unmanned infrastructure. If the internet was the virtual infrastructure that no one can argue that changed our lives, I think that the unmanned infrastructure is going to be the physical infrastructure that is going to, going to change our life, the way we commute, the way we get our deliveries, the way we're doing inspections, security, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We can talk about many different use cases, but um, this is what we see in front of our eyes. And we can talk about a couple of projects that I'm not sure that all the audience aware of that currently happening as we speak. It's not like we're talking about extremely futuristic idea of some someone who is have a dream. We're talking about something that actually happening right here and right now. And like I said, we didn't so yet we yet to see the the explosion. 
Uh, but um, I, I believe that we are very, very close to that. And, you know, being part of the industry, major part of this industry, we see how how it's accelerated and how, how the progress is working from quarter to quarter, from year to year. Um, and we see how companies become more and more mature and relevant to to their use case that, dev- that devel- they develop. So, Yoav, can you give us an example of what you believe that the world would look like in five years' time? So if a lot of this sort of technology and, and you know, in a world where regulation is kept up with the innovation in the space, can you describe what a world like that could look like in, in terms of, you know, how we get around, what the roads look like, um, you know, all of that sort of thing? So I think that it will start from the sky. By the way, this is why LSAT as a strategy, I would say, started from the sky for many different reasons. So once it will, until it will be on the road, it will might take more time because there is more friction on the road. There are pedestrians, there are um, um, crude vehicles. I mean, people that are driving regular vehicles and many different obstacles that are not existing in the sky. In the sky, it's literally, there is no, almost no friction. Um, no one goes there. I'm not talking about commercial aviation that is going uh, going on much higher than this industry. So um, this is why LSAT as a strategy started from the sky, even though we have a um, couple of very interesting projects that are happening on the ground. But um, as I see it in five years' time, we will start to see so many, uh, so much change in this world because, again, let's talk about the why. Besides the fact that it's cool to get your, um, I don't know, popcorn delivery with a drone, um, it, can, it can make so much better prediction of when you're going to get there, how long it's going to take, how much it's going to cost to the retail or for you as a customer uh, to, to get it. Um, there is no question of traffic. There is no question of congestion war- road, et cetera, et cetera. So that's create another um, dimension, let's call it, that currently is not even in use, right? We're using in, in the world in kind of uh, two dimensions. Um, and that create the third dimension that can be utilized for many different applications. So I mentioned logistics to get deliveries. Either it's a logistic between, um, between uh, logistics centers, you know, which is, one of the major problems, the last mile problem that suffer a lot from, like I said before, traffic, delays, cost, uh, labor, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and so this is one example that might happen. It might be end users logistics, like, you know, get your deliveries from the closest grocery or whatever, or from the cafe, et cetera, at restaurant, et cetera, et cetera. Sorry. And on the other side, on the commercial side, it can be for inspection mission that are currently done by humans that are either extremely um, dangerous or uh, very hard to perform um, on the ground or with uh, crude crude aviation or crude systems. So think about a drone that can do any kind of inspection or any kind of security purposes um, or or doing a mapping or surveys. Etc. Etc. I mean, so many different applications that can be done with that once that will be at scale. And it shouldn't be, you know, that we'll see the sky full of drones all the time. Because think about a drone that is doing, for example, let's talk about postal delivery. Okay, because of instead of the postman, um, you'll have the, the, the drone doing the delivery to your, again, backyard or whatever. And while it's doing this delivery and you just want to deliver something for someone in your family or a friend or a business around you, you won't need to have another drones coming to you, take it from there, because probably 
there is another drone around that can do this job. So when I'm talking about unmanned infrastructure, this is what I'm talking about. Think about kind of an Uber in the sky. So you want to deliver something for your neighbor, like I said, or whomever, um, or just between businesses. So you order a service, you get it, you send the package or you do what you need to do. And that's it. It's done. And the drone is going to the, to the, next, uh, to the next operation. And the whole idea is to have it without any human intervention in the loop. So um, being uh, extremely uh, or t- entirely autonomous, um, I think this is the, what's, how, it's, how it's going to look like. And this is what will create the scale for this industry. And um, if the human factor won't be out of the equation, will be very hard and very expensive to scale. Once the human equation will, uh, or the human factor will get out of there, um, I think it will be very, very exciting to see how how interesting it is and how many applications that in, uh, can be done with that. Mm, yeah, absolutely. It is sort of, you know, it's ongoing. So let's talk a little bit about how Elsight fits into this amazing world with your Halo technology. So that's a question right on time because, you know, we're here in the conference, we're having all those um, uh, keynotes that we're doing here and interviews and engaging with prospects, customers, new companies that we never heard about, et cetera, et cetera. And connectivity in general, it's also always a headache for technical people who know the the connectivity challenge, uh, challenge sorry, um, this is also a, al- always a big channel, not only in unmanned, but in so many different ways. And also, you know, as a private person trying to connect online to the internet or whatever, so many times you can have troubles, problems, not working, working, et cetera, et cetera. Now, having a solution for this connectivity, a robust, reliable um, solution, like you said in the, in the beginning, Basically, we, we call it in LSite, we call it connection confidence. This is what we provide to this industry. We provide the confidence that the platforms, whatever they are, they are in the sky, on the ground, in the sea, et cetera, et cetera, will be connected to the other side, whatever they need to be connected to. And that's a main, main pain for most of the industry. I mean, we don't even need to, to explain what is the pain because it's just there. We are stepping into a customer. I just have um, uh, a sidewalk uh, not sidewalk, sorry, um, uh, discussion with a company that I, I knew them, but we never uh, um, got to work with them. And I was standing next to their, just standing there next to their booth. Um, they saw that they saw that I have the keychain with my name and the company and everything. And I say, uh, we heard about L site. Are you guys the one who are doing this and that? And I said, yeah, that's what we're doing. We are basically um, taking the headache from you of working with connectivity. We provide you a solution that works 99.9% of the time. And they will obviously ask, where have, you been, where have you guys been all the time? And we said, we are here all the time. We're working with more and more companies. Um, more and more companies are uh, adapting this solution and started to integrate it into their systems. And that's it. I mean, it's done. It's, it's, been, it's, it's getting more and more, I wouldn't call it easy, but it's getting more and more um, traction about the solution and how important it is to the industry, um, and this is what we're doing. We are call it. We are enabling the industry. We will be, or we are currently becoming, like in the PC world. No one knows that they have Intel chipset inside, right? But they have the Intel inside. So that will be the same as enabler for this industry to be um, the L site that will enable this industry to scale because. 
communication. It's called C2 communication. It's command and control communication. And if you look on all the regulatory authorities worldwide, one of the points that concern them the most is the C2, what I call the command and control um, communication. That is a must because otherwise, you know, you have platform in disguise that no one knows where they're going, who owns them, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and this is what we're doing. So this is why this is the reason why I said this question is right on time because seeing it here in the conference, how big is the problem and how, I'll say good, you know, um, you can argue that I'm not objective, but I'll say how good is the solution. Um, that makes it uh, extremely exciting. It is a very extremely well. It's an extremely exciting industry, and what you're doing is is exciting too. Now you've got you've you've had some wins, you know, since we last spoke. You've had your first commercial order for drone up. Uh, Walmart, of course, has launched its website for drone delivery orders. They're calling that delivery on the fly, which I thought was quite clever. Um, to, to talk to us about what you're doing on the commercial side. So, like you said, we are we are start to see traction and start to see. Um, orders coming in for um, from very interesting projects that are deploying um, from logistics to survey to different so many um, or so uh, diverse um, segments in the market that working with our solutions. Um, and you mentioned uh, drone up there with their project with Walmart that started to deploy. Like I said before, it's not that we're talking about something futuristic. If you are living today. They started to deploy stores, basically. So if you're living in Arkansas today, um, in the States, you are able to log into this uh, website that you talk about, choose whatever you want to choose, pick it, and you will have it within 20 minutes, up to 20 minutes. I mean, this is what they assure you. And that's quite quite amazing and quite um, unbelievable, I would say. So if people think that, well, it's something that will happen in the future I mean, and how long it will take, et cetera, et cetera. But literally, it's happened while we're speaking. People get their deliveries on a daily basis with that with this service. So um, yeah, it's definitely what happened. And uh, we started to see companies, like I said, that we work with for a long time, um, started to scale. And for us, each one, we call it design win. So each one of those companies that integrate their, integrate our solution into their solution um, and build their solution around um, Halo L-Site connectivity suite. Um, so we call it a design win. And the reason being is because once you have you once you invest all the engineering resources and all the um, time and effort and money to integrate a system and it's working, it will be extremely hard to get it out there. And for us, each customer, it's an iceberg. So once we are going through the path of integration, testing, or testing and then integration, et cetera, et cetera, and they started to sell their product, and you know that's what happens to us, for example, with DroneUp. So we, we didn't knew that they work with Walmart. I'm not sure they knew that back in the time when we started to work with them. And then one day we see in the news that Okay, they started to deploy uh, Walmart stores and sign a contract, et cetera, et cetera. And um, we are part of it. So each one of those customers that we have, um, and today we have 50 of them. Literally, it's not that I, it's a rounded number. This is the literal number 50, actually 50 or 51. Um, so this is actually happening. And each one of those are a tip of an iceberg. So obviously, Walmart, it's the biggest iceberg in the ocean, right? <laughs> but... Uh, 
There are many other icebergs that um, we are work with and we're seeing only the tipping of it. So how much closer you have are you to profitability now, given you know everything we've just been talking about today? Again, going to the profitability in this market, like I said, um, the, the full scale of this market will take time. But in our plans, we see exactly how it's going to work. And now I can say that uh, what happened recently, I mean, with L-Site Cash Position, that two founders exercise uh, early their option. They have founders exercise, uh, founders option, sorry, and they're exercise them. So that inject um, pretty decent amount of money into the company. So it put us in a, uh, in a good cash position in terms of executing our, you know, executing our plans and strategy and everything. So uh, that's give us a room to to continue our, what we're doing and to continue in the same same pace, I will call it, continue to grow the company. Okay. All right, Yoav, it's always such a pleasure to, to chat to you. You've got, you've got your ear to the ground when it comes to this industry and it's incredibly interesting um, to hear what's going on. So we really do appreciate your expertise and your openness in, in discussing all of these issues with us. Thank you. Thank you. Always nice to be here and uh, to talk about it. Like I said, we the excitement, I see it's hard even to tell you know, over podcast, even though we really like this, uh, uh, we really like this platform and we have our own podcast, et cetera, et cetera. But um, seeing the excitement here, this is why I said that that's a perfect time to record this podcast because while I'm here in the conference, seeing everybody in person, see how the industry evolved, um, always, and regardless of that, like I said, always nice to talk with you and thank you for having me. Mm, absolutely. You have, um, it's, it's always good to talk to you as well. We'll catch up with you again in a few months' time and see, see how much has changed, which I'm sure is going to be a great amount. And, of course, a big thank you to all of you who have joined us. As listeners on this podcast, you are listening to Stock Insiders with me, Oriel Morrison. Catch you next time. This episode of the Stock Insiders podcast with me, Oriel Morrison, was sponsored by Barclay Pierce Capital, Australia's leading corporate advisory and equities trading firm. Barclay Pierce Capital provides specialised corporate advisory and equities trading services to privately owned businesses, small to medium-sized public and ASX-listed companies.